0: Hello and welcome to GodCast, where we cast the light of God into a dark world. I'm Amy Myers. I share words and discoveries of God that he shows to me as a way to bring light into your life and into any darkness you may be experiencing. Today we're going to journey back to about 2,000 years ago to an extraordinary event. This is not the birth of Jesus, but it does happen in an area of the Middle East near the city of Jerusalem. The Roman Empire ruled over this area during that time. Perhaps your mind can picture the Roman soldiers with their distinct armor. Maybe even recall something from movies or history books with pictures of Roman soldiers. So let's imagine these Roman soldiers as guards of a prison. And the king and ruler of this area was Herod, not Herod the Great, but his grandson. And this man took pleasure in putting to death early Jewish followers of Jesus so that he could win praise from the crowds and the people. We would call these ones in prison political prisoners, people put in jail for their beliefs. Sadly, this can still happen today in some countries around the world. For us, in our experience today, we're going to step closer to one political prisoner of that time who was going to be put to death one night. His name was Peter, and he had caused quite a ruckus for the Roman ruler, So he was arrested. Peter and others were healing sick and lame people just by proclaiming the name of Jesus. Tensions had begun to rise and people began to wonder about God again and they were praising him that he had come to rescue people. But now Peter sits in that Roman prison that is very different than the metal prisons of our American systems today. This was a different place. The prison probably had a moisture and a stench that carried through every corner holding the prisoners of King Herod. Some likely whimpered, some may have snarled, and others perhaps stared hopelessly, knowing that they wait for nothing but death. So Peter found himself in this prison on the cold, dark floor with shackles around his wrists that tether him to the stone prison walls. He knows his fate will be the same as his friend James. King Herod had killed him too. Peter knows the guards and the thick iron strapped to his wrists keep him trapped. But Peter slept that night between the two soldiers and bound to the chains, with sentries standing at the door guarding the prison. But suddenly, in the dark place where death loomed about, an angel of the Lord stood next to Peter, his heavenly light brightly pressing into the room. Yet Peter stayed asleep. Yes, Peter slept. Then the angel pressed hard on Peter and woke him. Get up quickly, the angel commanded. Peter moved, and then his chains fell off his hands without keys, without breaking. They just fell off, his hands suddenly free. Then the angel says to him, dress yourself and put on your sandals. Imagine the reality of this moment. Peter is so deeply asleep that he doesn't notice the bright light near him, and then suddenly he does, and he's probably so bewildered that he just complies without thinking. So Peter stands up. He begins to do as this bright being tells him to do. Then the angel gives more instructions. He says, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. Remember, this is a real account this is not a made-up story. Can you imagine if an angel of God visited you while you were sleeping? Now imagine all those emotions and feeling terrified. Now translate that of what you can imagine feeling into what Peter is experiencing in this moment. So Peter's body begins to move and follow the instruction, but we know his mind is likely struggling to find some sense of reality. The surrounding of the presence are still there, but in many ways it's sort of blinded by the light of the angel. And then we learn next that Peter miraculously gets out of the prison without even being seen by the guards. Peter follows the angel moving swiftly and quickly, yet still trying to understand what's happening. You can imagine his mind is starting to wake up, but what his awake mind is seeing and experiencing doesn't make sense. So he's running and grappling with what's happening. With every step, he's trying to understand what's being done by this angel that he's seeing and following. And he's also trying to decide whether this angel is real or is he seeing a vision. So in the middle of all of Peter's human reactions to this moment, the angel of God is not distracted and keeps Peter moving. Peter begins to understand it's not a dream because he can feel the ground under his feet now. He's outside of the prison. The change of the smells and the city outside the prison are hitting all of his physical senses. His smells, his touch, he can feel it on his skin. He sees a guard ahead and they will soon need to pass. You can almost feel the rise of adrenaline in his body and the pace of his breathing is increasing. He's on high, alert. Then they just pass the guard. Who does it even look like? Peter's way. Then as if to emphasize the reality of what Peter is experiencing, the situation repeats. They must pass a second guard and head toward the iron gate at the entrance of the city. And they do. Then as they approach the gate, it opens on its own. As if someone opens it for them. This is not a simple gate. It is an enormous gate to hold in the city, to keep it safe. By this point, you can imagine Peter is probably just welcoming the events that are happening. This heavenly being isn't just removing him from prison. He's making sure that he fully escapes King Herod's death sentence. Peter had to be moving without delay behind this angelic being, and now they go through the city gate. But just as quickly as the angel arrived and had pushed Peter awake, the angel suddenly and immediately disappeared. So Peter is standing there, free, away from anyone seeing him or capturing him. He's standing there. His mind begins to focus as he's realizing where he was, where he is and what happened. His breath begins to steady from the pace of the escape. And then he knew. We know this because it's in, recorded for us. And Peter says as he stands there, Now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod, from all the people expected. See, Peter knows this miracle from heaven. He knows it's from heaven. He knows in his mind, in his heart, And now Peter's excited. But does he go as far away as possible? Not yet. Instead, he goes to a house where many of his friends had gathered to pray, and to pray for him. Peter wanted to share the extraordinary events of what had just occurred. Can you imagine how Peter's excitement had been building as he made his way to this house? When something amazing happens in your life, don't you want to just share it with those you love? call them, tweet them, post it. See, Peter was excited to tell them. And he was probably replaying the images in his mind over and over and over as he got closer and closer. And this joy for what God had done for him just fills him with greater and greater joy. You could see how his eyes must have been wide with excitement. And that fear of the prison guards coming after him just never even entered his mind. He was so excited for all that God had done for him. and He wanted to share it. But once he gets to the house, he starts knocking on the outside gate door. A servant girl hears the sounds and hears a man saying something, and she thinks it's Peter. So she must be excited because she runs back into the house to report that Peter's at the gate. The people inside, Peter's friends, they don't believe her. They tell her she's seen a ghost. But Peter doesn't give up. He's still outside. He knew they would eventually hear him, so he keeps knocking, knocking, knocking knocking. Finally, they hear and walk toward the gate. And as they get closer to the sound of a man's voice, we can only imagine them exchanging these confused looks at each other. I just love those details in the stories of what God shows us. The account of that night gives us a glimpse at the way God uses one event to impact more than one person. So it wasn't just Peter. It's another one of those moments where unexpected good things are happening. These confused people aren't really sure how to process it from a human perspective. Then finally, they open the gate. They see Peter. It is not a ghost. They're completely shocked. But quickly, excitement begins to build. But Peter came for a reason. Not to stay, but to tell. So he has to settle the group down and encourages them to be quiet. Then Peter tells Peter. His story. Can you just see him becoming animated? He recounts sleeping in prison, waiting for his death. Then God shows up to help with one of his angels. He relives how the angel unlocks his shackles, unlocks the door, leads him out of the prison, passes the guards numerous times, and through the city gates that open without the touch of a hand. And Peter's voice is excited and louder as he remembers all the events that had seemed like a dream, but now are so clear in his mind. It's as if you can hear Peter saying, God, save me. The angel was sent to rescue me from Herod. Oh, God saved me. You can almost feel his excitement. See, Peter had come to that house to tell them all that God had done. And once he does, he tells them he cannot stay. But he urges them to tell others how God brought him out of the prison. Peter had a powerful moment that night with our powerful God. He realized it and shared it with those who were dear to him. Then he asked them to share the story of God's goodness with others to encourage and remember how magnificent God is. This is not just a story of long ago. God is the same God who made the heavens and the earth. The same God who formed and established it for us, for you. So what does that mean for us today? Will we each see an angel? Man, I, I don't know. I hope we will. What I do know is God has the same power to do powerful, miraculous things in our life today. This story also shows us that God can bring light into your life and direct your steps See, when God begins to move for you, and when we follow him, nothing can hold us or entrap us again. In this historical account, evil had planned to kill Peter, but God rescued him, even to the point of shaking Peter awake so he could follow the light and the angel. Peter had been willing. He had a willing heart that followed what God provided for him. Notice, his mind didn't catch up until later. We can gather some wisdom from that reality. Everything that happened to Peter that night did not make human sense. But God doesn't always do things in ways that make human sense. In Peter's confusion, it was his faith in God that kept him moving toward God and away from the prison. He didn't stop to ask the guards if he could leave. Peter pursued the power that was setting him free. We don't have to ask evil for permission to leave the places where evil tries to trap us. Did you also notice that once he was to a place of safety, Peter's mind caught up to what he already knew in his heart and in a spiritual way. His mind now knew that God had done this for him. So as we focus our thoughts for this week, I ask you to consider pursuing God's light. Let's press forward to understand what that is. There are three items we can learn from the story. First, we can follow God out of the prison that traps us. Next, we can follow the light of God and the freedom he wants to give us. Then, We can rejoice and celebrate with others as we tell them what God has done. All of us need more light in our life because each person faces a gloomy prison of sorts, whether we are trapped now or have been, or we face the relentless temptations pushed upon us by evil in this world. These are things like habits, attitudes, activities, images, behaviors, anything that keeps us doing things that harm others or ourselves, or pull our minds away from goodness. These may be simple and small like a bad attitude we find ourselves having, or maybe we're facing serious challenges in our lives. Big or small, God still wants us to follow his light away from those things that trap us so we can thrive. In the freedom that he promises us. How do we do this? Our story shows us that God guides you out. He's guiding us to freedom. Remember, Peter was willing to go with God and God's angel, specifically in this story. The angel did everything else, but Peter was willing. Peter didn't stop to ask if he could be free. No, He followed the light of God past those who would return him to prison. Today, could you ask God to guide you out of any darkness in your life? Ask God to show you his true light of love, peace, protection, and strength. Could you ask God to show up in a powerful way in your life, like he did for Peter that night? And when God does, I ask you to plan in advance to tell someone what God did for you. Like Peter told his friends. These are just some ideas to bring you closer to God. If you want to read this story for yourself, it can be found in the Bible in Acts chapter 12. And God tells us something else in his Bible. He says that as we come near to him, he will come near to us. So in all ways, I pray your desire to experience God, like Peter did that night, would increase in your heart. God is a magnificently personal God, and he wants to share his heart and his power with you. Thank you for joining me today as we adventured through Peter's light escape. This is Amy Myers the GodCast. GodCast.